because it was just so hot. You know, it was. I feel like it's got to be the hottest day of the year so far today. So, uh, you know, those powder blues, maybe not the best decision for me. And so, I mean, I was I was sweating a lot out there, and yeah, I felt pretty good. And um, I mean, I was just trying to get through that inning, and, and obviously, I was pretty fired up. Well, yeah, he was. Boy, you play once a week. <laughs> Seriously, I love Kevin. Man. Uh, Kevin oh, Gossman. It's warm out there. <laughs> well, it was. Maybe it might have been the hottest day. The it might have been the hottest day of the year. <laughs> the uh, Blue Jays beating I the Milwaukee Brewers. I do, too. I do he, too. he is the best. He is awesome. The uh, Jays beating the Milwaukee Brewers 3-1 today. It is Blair and Barker. The Jays uh, take the series from the Brewers. They now go on to New York to play the Mets in the first of a three-game yeah. series. More night. This, uh, I mean, there's really three stories to this game in reverse order. Kevin Kiermeyer made a catch you're going to be seeing for the rest of the year. Bo Bichette and Matt Chapman hit home runs in the first inning. But the story of the day, at least from my point of view, Kevin, the story of the day, Kevin Gossman, six and two thirds innings shut, of shutout ball, five hits, a pair of walks, 11 strikeouts. Um, he's now got had five starts this year with double digit strikeouts more than any other major leaguer the major league record this year or the major league high this year for innings pitched in a game is 115 kevin gossman's done it twice so he set it and he tied it may 21st and then now uh good for i mean running him back out there man i'll tell you what he sat uh he sat 96 today he struck out brian anderson in a 99 mile an hour fastball that's his fastest pitch the hardest pitch he's throwing uh since 2020 I mean, again, this, I don't even, we don't even want to think of where the, the Jays would be without Kevin Gossman. And yes, Milwaukee is not a great lineup. Oh, you can say that again. But so much for wanting Rowdy Telez on your team. But Kevin Gossman, <laughs> but Barker, Kevin Gossman, well, are we ready to, is he an ace? Because I know you don't throw that, that term around, um, you don't throw that term around a great deal. And you've yeah. always said there are a handful of aces in baseball. There is. Is he an ace? Uh, For you, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I think when you give him five full days of rest, you could argue. Yep. Like you, that's, a, that's a solid argument. You could say that with the velocity going up on the fastball, the way it moves a little bit more. Like it's running arm side a lot like the righties don't don't like he like like when he's got the little extra gear for whatever reason you know joe settle was making that point about the ball just seems to find the catcher's glove on arm side right whether no matter where he starts it because for whatever reason this finish is allowing it to the grip the the way he grips it the how hard much pressure he puts on one of his fingers makes the ball move a little bit more that's the thing is the extra day gives him the little extra velocity he's mentioning the weather today you know when you're warmer you're a little bit looser you know you're a little bit more limber you tend to have a little bit mm-hmm. you know better finish your your extension might be a little bit longer you know, it's it might be getting on the hitter a little bit more. He had a little attitude today too. You know, uh, uh, Tyler Heineman, give him credit. Like they were on the same page. He was doing a really good job of giving the target. Ty- you know, you don't trick anybody. You got two pitches. Yeah, he locates it because of the velocity. He's going to get them out. And the Brewers, quite frankly, yeah, I mean, the, are, the National atrocious. League. Now, now they may go to the Mets and get swept. The National League ain't real good. Right, let's not lie about it. Like it is, other than the Bra- the Braves and the Dodgers. Like the the National League's just not screaming. Come watch us. Like it's just, it's just not. And well, it depends. Let's, let's, let's say it like it is. I mean, the, it, the Padres. I mean, are they a good team? Well, it depends on how you. 
come and watch us. The worst team in the National League right now is the, drum roll please, the Colorado Rockies. What's the record? They are 24 and 33. They're about to be 25 and 33. I think they're, they're playing right That's now. One that game is still, it's in the fifth. I'm sorry. I thought it was a ninth inning. Crazy. Uh, but anyhow, 24 wins. Washington is 24. The Cubs have 24. Colorado has 24. Kevin, <laughs> the Cubs are four games out of the wild card with the tied with two other teams from the fuse. They're playing 436 baseball. <laughs> 436 baseball. Yeah. They are four games out of the wild National card. League's not great. Absolutely. The, every team, uh, this is hot. Now, this is, think about this. Every team starting today, every team in the National League, every team is within five games of a playoff. And those teams spot. you just mentioned, they're in the American team. League, they'd be selling already. <laughs> like, they, they'd, be, they'd be giving up players. So, yeah. Kansas City's 15 and a half out, 12 out of the wild card. I'm sorry. The White Sox, they're seven out of the wild card. They got 23. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and of course, we talk about the Jays. They're American League is a Jays little top 30 heavy. and 27. They're three out in the wild yeah, card. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back. they're in the American League East. I mean, if you get off to, if you have a little hiccup in the American League East with all of a sudden the way the Orioles are playing and the yeah. Yankees are coming and Aaron Judge seems like the greatest hitter to ever walk in, you know, in a Yankees uniform. Yeah, it's it's a little tougher. Look, that's Kevin Gosman. If you if you if you ever wanted to send down Alec Manoa, because now the way Kevin Gosman, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but if you ever wanted to, thinking that you could get away with it because well, of who's pitching behind them, right? You could you could sort of empty your pen. I, I was because Kevin say, Gosman is coming up after yeah, him, right? The, Where the, you feel confident problem. enough with that. He could give you seven innings and listen. I, I think fifteen pitches. I mean, with all due respect, to Alec Manoa. I think the the thing, the number one thing for the Blue Jays because they have quite frankly put themselves in such a bad position so early this year. I think the number one thing for the Blue Jays going forward is how do you maximize Kevin Gossman? It, it, it's apparent he's better with an extra day's rest. How do you try to bake that in? That to me is your number one priority. Uh, for this year, I'm with you with, Al, uh, on, uh, with Alec Manoa. We talked about this yesterday. I think Alec Manoa needs, I, I think he needs to go down to the minors and work out whatever his issues are away from everything, away from, away from being Alec Manoa, major league pitcher. He needs to go down and figure it out in Buffalo. I don't know if that's going to happen. Listen to John talk. Doesn't sound like it. It doesn't. I mean, he'll come on our show tomorrow. We'll ask. Well, I mean, and let's, I mean, let's be clear. Mitch White, you know, who's the guy that, I mean, the reason the Jays got him is is they thought he might be able to, you know, play, pitch out of a bulk role for them this year. Mitch White did not have a good outing at AAA town. It was 40 pitches in one inning, gave up a bunch I'd of runs. I'd rather see Nate Pierce and Trevor Richards. I, I, that's where I was going. I, couple of innings. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're right there. And, just, and, just in those two names could give you five and, innings. And don't you, think do the, don't you think the Jays have almost hinted to us that they're going to do that the way they've been using Richards and Pearson. They've been giving them multiple innings. John Schneider, I think, has been very clear. You know, we joke about this, but I think he's been very clear. He doesn't think Nate Pearson is ready yet to be a, the ultimate high leverage guy. So maybe you you use Nate Pearson. Maybe you let him open. Try to get two innings out of him. Fantastic um, measures, right? One, one, one of you. your stars yeah. is not real good. You got to do what you got to do. Well, and, and yeah. I just gets back to that Kevin Gossman thing. You sort of know you could do it the day before he starts. Because he, of the way Kevin's correct. throw. Right. Like yeah, Kevin, I see what you're saying. He gave you seven yeah. innings. Now you're only using, you know, maybe two other arms yeah. instead of three or four arms, right? So you could use three or four the day before 
and then have Kevin throw the way he's throwing. Uh, we are going to uh, we're going to go to the back leg line a lot today. The number is four one six four one. Well, a lot four one six four one three three nine five nine because we're going to kind of be like your Blue Jays post game show here. Uh, so you can call up that number, leave some comments. Maybe you're at the game positive. today. Let's, let's positive, stay positive. Well, I made that point on social media. You know, it is June. May was awful for the Blue Jays. It's June. Matt Chapman, May was awful for him. A two-run homer today, the opposite that? field this season. So, you know, let, 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 let's turn the page. One, yeah, let's turn the, let's turn the page a little bit here uh, going into June. I, I, I want to talk about what makes you optimistic about this team. Maybe nothing does, but call up and tell us nothing. <laughs> four with six, four with three, three, nine, five, nine. Buffo, you like that. Nothing makes me optimistic. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. Um and and you know, if we get like twenty people saying that, then I think we'll have a uh, we'll have a consensus. Mm. But uh Bo Bichette, solo home run, his twelfth home run of the year, four hundred and fourteen feet. He's got hits in eleven of his last twelve games. He leads the majors in hits. By the way, he's led the majors in hits the previous two years, I believe. Led the majors in hits. He leads all AL hitters in average. 332. He's already got 130 total bases. Now, Kevin, the All Star All Star voting opened uh, opened opened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stuffed the ballot boxes for both folks. I mean, and, and Kevin Gossman. And, well, now Kevin Gossman, they don't vote for pitchers. Oh, that, that's right. So, yeah. but that was my next. That was my next question. Bo's going to the All Star game. Yeah, I would love to see Bo go in the home run derby. Just, mm. just for giggles. I. Normally, you know, I know there's that thing out there of guys that go to the home run derby slump. It's a, you know, posing a slump. Let Bo go to the home run derby and have mm-hmm. fun. I think it'd be great for him. Kevin Gossman, though, he's certainly understanding the process of how, how the all-star teams are selected. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gossman has to have put himself in the picture to go to the all-star game so far. He has you, to. You, you would think so, but I'm, I'm sure if you ask him. Leads the AL of- in strikeouts. Yeah, he's really good. Innings yeah. pitched, seventy-five innings pitched. He leads the AL. Yeah, the only thing he didn't do right today was throwing <clears throat> strike one. He was thirteen to twenty-five. That's not real good. But when you throw upwards of ninety-nine miles an hour and you can tunnel that split finger thing, yeah. and you can steal occasional strike with the slider, you can get away with falling behind. Uh, that, that's the little thing, right? The only reason I brought that up is when the batters ahead coming in today, they're hitting three hundred against Kevin Gosman with an OPS of over nine hundred. When he's ahead in the count coming into today. Yeah. Batters are hitting 120 Oof. with an OPS of 250. That's the only reason I bring that up. He's a two-pitch guy, an occasional slider, right? That That's sort of yeah. who he is. And and the 13 of 25, it, you know, a little bit of that has to do with the, the Brewers offensively. Holy. Like, they just yeah, they, they're they not just very ain't doing good. They ain't doing a lot. Uh, whoever, so. whoever, whoever stole Christian Yelich, can you please return him? It would be appreciated. Uh. Mm. Interesting aspect of today's game, Tyler Heineman caught uh, Kevin Gossman. Tyler Heineman, the guy that the Jays let go last year, uh, brought him back early this season to provide depth at AAA. Danny Jansen uh, went down with an injury, and if you saw Hazel May's report both on Twitter and during the Jays game, Danny Jansen is on the IL. He's not accompli- uh, accompanying the team to New York. They're going to leave him back here to... Uh, to get, to get work done in his groin, and you know, to go about doing what he needs to do to get ready, they they brought Tyler Heineman up, and Tyler Heineman today, um, so third, he worked he he worked with Gossman last year. He worked with him in the spring. He caught Kevin Gossman three times, and they were teammates on the Giants. 
Yeah. Tyler Heineman is low-key a, a good defensive catcher. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to give me much offensively. He's a low-key good a defensive play. catcher. And, I, and I've been saying, and, and I just didn't say this today. you got to give me – yeah. I've been saying, if I got Nathan Lucas in my team, and Nathan Lucas doesn't do a thing for me now, uh, I'd rather have a third catcher up Absolutely. here. And I'd rather have this guy up here mm-hmm. just because you like the target he gives. Let Kirky DH. And, and let Kirky DH more exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, anyhow, uh, Kevin Gossman was asked about Tyler Heineman. He did a good job today. Uh, contributed offensively. Also threw out a base runner, a rarity for the Blue Jays. Uh, this was Kevin Gossman talking about his battery mate, Tyler Heineman. You know, he is all about whatever you want, you know. So um, we've been talking the last couple of days knowing that he was going to catch me. And like you said, we have that, you know, some background. So, um, you know, he was just talking about how we like to set up and, you know, talking throughout the game. And, um, you know, he knows how I like to pitch. And um, he was with me with the Giants. And so, you know, he knows um, what I'm capable of. And uh, I thought he called a great job and made some unbelievable blocks, you know. And so... Uh, you know, for him to get called up and first first game, you know, first start as me is, uh, you know, I thought he did unbelievable and and, all, and also did great at the at the plate too. So, um, you know, I thought he did great. Yeah, and uh, of course the the reference to blocks. If you're catching Kevin Gossman's splitter, absolutely, you've got to be able. Well, to block well, I, I did, I, you did see Kevin today, quick pitch with Yelich on yes, first base on first, in, yes. in the first inning. They're trying, like like. You know, sort sort of. It's it's kind of now understanding that the the situation of the game. We say this all the time. Scoreboard will tell you everything. You know, if it's two outs, two strikes, you don't have to really pay attention to the guy at first base, right? Especially when you're a guy who can punch out everybody. Like you really don't have to pay a ton of attention to that guy. You wouldn't. You rather just not give it to him standing up, right? But you don't have to quick pitch and and make a bad pitch, throw a bad location, and a guy hammers a baseball and you're down two nothing. So you don't really want to do that. But they are trying. It looks like after last night and and Tim Mesa not paying any attention, you know, to the base runners and giving up second and third, the the double steal late in a game down a run, that can't happen. Like enough of that is enough. And at least Kevin was trying a little bit to quick pitch. I know he did one time too. Uh, to a guy with nobody on base and gave up a single at the middle. Mm -hmm. He sort of, you could tell, chuckled. I don't like that. I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) So, gets, you know, I think it looks like the elite guys on this team know what they have to do because of, you know, how far they're trying to go in a game and where they need to keep their team and their lineup because their lineup doesn't always score a bunch of runs. I mean, they scored three runs. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, they had they had other in chances. In the first inning, to get they were big, shut out after the first Yeah, they had other chances to get Peralta. big hits. And, and I mean, Peralta's a decent pitcher. He's not a great sure. pitcher. The yeah. lineup for the Blue Jays should have better at-bats. Like, it's Always. it's like you zone up. You get better pitches to hit. You're going to hit baseballs hard. And most of the time, if you consistently hit them hard, they're going to fall in where you want them to fall in at. It's just what they're swinging at. Like, George Springer, sometimes you wonder. Like, swinging at the O-O ball sometimes. that's not even close. It's like, what? Are you, why are you doing that? And then you come up and you see him, and he takes the pitch. He gets in a good count. He gets a changeup down the middle. He hammers that thing. Like, why can't you consistently do that? What, what is the approach that... When you're walking to the plate, you just want to swing at everything? Last night they were – last night really. in last night's game, they were one for seven with runners in scoring position between the seventh to ninth inning. 
it, it was it's it continues to be an issue for this it team. It's I, just it's just atrocious. The people that I've talked it's to, and I, and, I, and I do talk to, we we've had Shipper Jones on, and I have talked to him a, a, quite a few times about you know later in your career, what was it all about? And he's like, Bark, I, I can tell you. Sometimes it was mechanical because the la- the the later you get in your career, you got to make adjustments with your lower half, right? It just gets slower, right? So you're thinking about ways to get it going. Albert Pujols last year, right, used to right. have Talk. the spread out thing, yep. and now he had the leg kick because he's just trying to get momentum to have maximum collision with the baseball. He's trying to get that as many times over and over as he possibly can. And then it ultimately comes down to what you don't swing at. I think that in the big leagues, is the most important part. I think John Schneider's been talking about that the last three weeks. Give them a chance to throw one down the middle. If you can do it, until you get to two strikes, let them. They're going to. They will, most of the time, in an at-bat, give you something to hit hard. It's just early in counts. Why? If you can control that, especially these really good hitters, and it's, it's consistent. It is a theme with a lot of these guys that they go up and sort of swing at the same kind of thing. And then the Dalton Varsho thing hitting cleanup. I, I, I just, no, no offense to Dalton, but I just don't understand. I don't understand. Like I, 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 I just don't, I mean, uh, who was it came on our show? It's, uh, ben Wagner came on our show yesterday and I asked him, why is he hitting cleanup? And he gave the good answer because he does his homework and he was told that basically it's for later in the game. And I said, "Well, you can win a baseball game in the first six innings. Why? Why would uh, that's that's sort of <clears throat> like the at bats and and you know a, a guy that only does thing to one side of the field unless he really knows what he's trying to do at the plate and what he really needs to swing at to do a lot of that only to one side of the field." which right now he's sort of in between. Right now he's searching because his team's struggling. They're trying to win as many baseball games as they possibly can. I just think it's a lot to ask. I mean, I, I don't. this is a positive show today, and I don't want to try and make this negative, and I won't, but I just think there needs to be some adjustments done with that part of the order. That's all. He seems to be more comfortable, looks better, hits some decent balls harder, a little further down in the order. That's all. Not maybe behind Vladdy and Bo. Yeah, I, I, we, we've, if, we've talked about this. Especially if I, I Vladdy is struggling and not hitting balls the I, way we want him to hit them. I will see. I, I understand that that there, you know, there's the whole bat path thing and everything. And I and I and I and I do believe in that. I think there's some hitters there, you know, different horses for different courses. There are some hitters that match up well with some pitchers. I mean, that that's that, that would that's only logical. But man, I can't imagine that Dalton Varshall matches up with that many hitters, pitchers, or sorry, with that many pitchers that he would be in the cleanup spot. You ask yourself, though, again, um, where's your other left-handed option? Brandon Belt wasn't available for yeah, the I don't past think two it's about games le- it's because not about of the lefties flu. anymore. You know that not not right now. It I was think at the beginning of the season. Brandon the no, balance. Brandon Belt would have would have been clean up one of these games had he had he been healthy. Had he not been. Um, Flu ridden. He would have. He would have been in the cleanup spot mm-hmm. probably today. I would think, but maybe again. Just listen. Listen to that. Dude, what Kevin and I are talking about the choice is Brandon Belt or Dalton Varsho for a team that was supposed to be good enough to win the World Series. That's basically let's what we're it, talking. Let's about. keep it positive today. That's what that's what we're they worked well, yeah. out. They won a series. That's that's they, they're winning. They go on they're winning series with well at this point all, not always doing the at, right thing at this point. At at this point where they are in the standings, it's it is it's just about winning series. It is. It's about who, winning who cares series. Cares how it looks. <laughs> that's that's I what mean, it comes down to. It's 
that's that's exactly that's exactly right. The Jays will go on to New York to play the Mets. We'll be joined at five thirty by Gary Apple, Mets TV pre and post game host. Nice. Shai Davidi joins us at six o'clock. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Alec Manoa at six o'clock and where the Jays go uh, from here with Alec Manoa after that start last night and um, listening to Alec Manoa's post game comments last night. I, I I I said in Blue Jays talk. I kind of reached a different point with Alec Manoa yesterday. I, that that's um, I don't get emotionally attached to too many too many things when yeah. it comes to teams I'm covering. But last night I saw shots of him in the dugout. And last night, hearing what I heard from Alec Manoa, yeah. I moved into the God. I feel sorry for this dude, and they better do something. Yeah, they, yeah, they better do something. They better do something to get him straightened out again for 2024. I'm I'm dead serious about that because we need, yeah, this is not good right now. It's a crisis situation for the team when it comes to starting pitching. But you got to keep in mind that you are going to need Alec Manoa. As long as this window of opportunity is open, Alec Manoa is hugely important to you because he's going to, he's, if he's healthy, he's going to give you a lot of innings and a chance to win. He's going to do it cheap. And there aren't a lot of things that Jays are doing cheap right now. Like they're paying, they're paying a lot of guys to do what they, they need to do. Sure. So Alec Manoa is very important. Yeah, for a guy. Very important for this team I've, going I've been there forward. before. Very I, important. I, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever told you this before, but the first time I ever got sent down, I was in a hotel room crying. Like, it's it's one of those things where. I was in San Diego, means, you're talking absolutely, about. Absolutely. It. It, yes. it means a lot, right? It's, it's, well, yeah, of you, course it does. The expectations does. for you as a young player are through the roof. And there's a lot of expectations for when I played, I was one of those with the Brewers. Alec Manoa is trying to win a championship. He's supposed to be the the, the number one starter for the Blue Jays. And with all, and and I was going to say, with all due respect, dominate to, with, people. With all due respect to you, you weren't a finalist for a major award in the major leagues absolutely, the year before you were sent. And I'm not saying not. that to insult you, no, but no, I'm no, saying sure. that that's got to make it even worse for Alec Manoa. Absolutely, I would think. Absolutely, and it just sounds like both parties have tried everything they yeah. know how to try, and it's not working. So the question would be is, what's best for the player? Forget Right now, for me, that's not about the team. Like, they'll piece that together, and they'll figure out whoever's going to pitch. The quality of the depth at the minor leagues is not there. So you're going to do it within, with what you got right now. So you're going to piece that together with bullpen arms, right? Mm-hmm. you got enough quality down there. You can figure out if they hit enough, play decent enough defense, run the bases the way they're supposed to run them in those games, at least they would give you a chance to win it maybe late. So for me, it's more about the player, right? What's what better I, for him? What I and wonder, I'm not sure they know that either. What I wonder, though, is I'm with you, but I'm also wondering about having you say Kikuchi as your fifth starter and having Kikuchi in Manoa's days fall the way they fall because chances are you're going to need your bullpen. Pardon me. Chances are you're going to need your bullpen for Kikuchi. He's your fifth starter. And then you've now you're asking your bullpen to give you another day. This gets back to, and I'm going to keep bringing up Mitch white, but this gets back to the Jays again this year. I shouldn't say again this year, but the Jays this year have not did not give themselves enough protection against one of their five starters being really bad. Yeah, the quality of the horse is just not real good. No. It's not. And, you know, I know they've got guys like Zach Thompson and AAA. And, and, and I know you're saying, Jeff, realistically, you're you're looking for somebody who can come up and give you four or five innings, which for, right now is a reach, a reach for Alec Manoa. It is. 
But from talking to people in the organization, I get the sense they're not entirely certain they've got that guy in AAA that can give you four or five innings. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. So that would that would make you think that what they have in the bullpen, the couple of names that we mentioned earlier, you know, that they would basically try and give you a chance. I, I just don't – I don't think you can worry about who your fifth starter is and also worry about who your first starter is. I, I just think no. you got to run your fifth guy out there. He gives you what you give you. The next day, if it's not Alec Manoa, you can you're going to piece it together with the two bullpen arms to start it off that can give you multiple innings, yeah. and then you'll fill in the blanks there. It's it's sort of day-by-day day kind of thing, right? Well, I mean, you're sort of – for me anyway, after the way Alec was answering the questions last night and the way he was – going through the process of trying to answer it, I've been there. I know the feeling. It's not good. You're searching. You've, that's the look of a guy that's tried everything. And now it's just because there was no good stuff coming from that start last night. Like, not like he can hang his hat on no, something. No, it's not. We, like, it's you, you, mentioned, you mentioned a couple of previous starts. The slider was actually not bad. The shape was okay. The sure. slider was not bad. We talked about the mechanics looked a little cleaner. Yeah. But yeah, last night was just it's the arm. It's the arm speed. You know, basically what it is is the front side's opening up so much because he's trying to get the slider to break more, have more horizontal break. That's why it's opening up, and I'm really gonna yank that thing. And that's why you see him falling off more to the first base side. Right. And then what's the arm speed do? It slows down. It's almost what's like... the velocity do to both pitches? It goes down, and all of a sudden you're erratic with less velocity, and then you start getting yeah. hammered. And then between the years, it messes you up, and you just can't get it back on the track. It's it's not always easy, and not always a good thing to think you have to work harder to make your stuff better. It's it's hard. I've been there. I I told you, Jeremy Burnett's walked by me. Remember I told you this? And when I was in the cage by myself, hitting off a tee, and I guess I looked atrocious. And Jeremy walked by and took a photo of me with his cell phone and turned it around and said, do you look hitterish? And I looked at myself, and my hands were all in this... It felt right, but it looked awful. And it's the point of when you're going through it, you will basically try anything you can possibly try, and this is where this is where Alec is. And I just don't know. I, I think sometimes you got to be the grown up in the room, right? He's gonna he's not gonna like it. Maybe his teammates aren't gonna like it, but if that's what's best for him to do that, it's not saying he's gonna go down and rest the season. No. But he'd go down there just to figure things out and maybe take a breath and not have to worry about answering questions after a start. Yeah. That um, might help him. I would guess that this weekend series at City Field between the Jays and the Mets, probably the meeting of the two of the most disappointing teams in baseball. I know we're staying positive, but two of the most disappointing teams so far, Major League Baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies would be in that category. San Diego would be in that category for sure. Philadelphia's lost four in a row. Uh, and... and um, my goodness, they're 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 four Ray games. They're four, to slow they're four games behind the Miami Marlins, but uh, the the Blue Jays will be at City Field to take on the Mets in a three game series starting tomorrow night. Gary Apple is a Mets TV pre and post game host. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety. The fans, Sportsnet three sixty, and Sportsnet now. <laughs> 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Your chance to leave questions, comments for Kevin Barker and myself. If you're at the game today at the Rogers Center, feel free to uh, you're probably stuck in track if the traffic if you're driving home anyhow. 
feel free to uh, leave a question for Parker and myself. Maybe we'll do a little post-game stuff. Although we do want to look ahead to a three-game series against the New York Mets starting tomorrow night in New York City Field. The Mets this afternoon beating the Philadelphia Phillies, sweeping the Phillies in three-game series. And we talked about the you know disappointing teams and the Jays being one of the most disappointing teams in, in baseball. Uh, the Phillies have got to be right up there as well. Padres. Padres. And in some cases, the Mets, although I think we, we, you know, we talked a lot about the Mets and we know they've had some, some health issues. Yeah. Um, but one of the real interesting things about the Mets, well, I'm, I'm going to bring Gary Apple on. He's the Mets TV pre and post game host on, uh, SNY. Gary, thanks so much for joining, uh, Kevin Barker and myself. Really appreciate it. I just, I, before we, we zero in a little bit, there's something that we've talked about on this show. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, and it, it's really noticeable that the Blue Jays have, in, in terms of organizational depth, they really have nobody in the minor leagues right now that they can bring up and expect to contribute. Um, and maybe some relief pitchers, you know, a guy like uh, Hagen Danner has been promoted, but they don't have, there isn't a position player they could bring up right now to kind of to, to get them over four or five days where, where guys are slumping or guys are hurt. And the Mets, I, I want to talk about the impact some of their young guys had in this team because it was, was 10 days ago, two weeks ago, they brought up three guys from the minors for different reasons. But it, it kind of gave the team, it kind of righted the ship a bit for the Mets, didn't it? Uh, it? It has made a big difference and great to be with you guys. Um, you know, some of it was out of necessity. Uh, Narvaez got hurt, so they had to bring up Francisco Alvarez, who was their number one prospect and one of the best prospects in all of baseball. They did not want to bring him up yet because they did not think he was ready from a defensive standpoint. They knew from an offensive standpoint that he could hit in the big leagues. Took him took him a little while to get going. He had a tremendous month of, of March. I think he had the fifth highest OPS in the National League in, in May. Um, but the pitching staff has, and after today's game, and Scherzer gave the Mets seven really good innings, uh, today, but the pitching staff has been effusive in their praise of Alvarez and the fact that he has worked really hard. He has learned how to, you know, uh, work with this pitching staff, especially with these veterans, guys like Scherzer and Verlander. They have called him out specifically numerous times, and Scherzer did after the game today, talking about how hard he works and the fact that they're on the same page. So yes, they've gotten production from. Alvarez and Brett Beatty, who's the regular third baseman now, um, has been terrific. Vientos came up. He's been a DH and worked off the bench a little bit. They've got another guy, Ronnie Mauricio, sitting down there at AAA, who at some point is going to be brought up. He's had a he's had a big time season. The uh, the reason he hasn't come up yet, there's no place for him at the moment. So, you know, I think the Mets are a veteran laden team. They're built on veterans, and Buck Showalter likes to play his veterans. But this infusion of youth has made a difference. You're, you're spot on there. And uh, I think it's, it's jump-started this team a little bit, along with the fact that, that their pitchers are starting to get healthy, and that's made a big difference and a big reason they, uh, they swept the Phillies this week. We talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here all the time, turning the season around for the Jays, right? He gets going, it sort of everything falls in place. You, you look right. at your guy's lineup. Pete Alonso's got 20 homers and 46 RBIs. And rarely do you hear a ton of people talk about him. Even even him playing Isn't in New York, amazing? it's crazy. It's, true, it's, right? it's it, it is. is absolutely crazy. Is is there? I think my question would be because you watch him every single day. How does he consistently hit the home runs that he does? 
So Pete is, let's say, he's one of the most feared power hitters in all of baseball. Yep. And you're right, he doesn't get talked about enough. And I think one of the reasons in this town, and listen, we're on him constantly, obviously, on this network. But the guy across town by the name of Aaron Judge steals some of the headlines in, in this city. And I think that's part of the reason why, because Judge exists in this town as well. But Alonzo is a terrific, not just home run hitter, he's a terrific hitter. I'm not, he's not a 300 hitter, but he's a 260, 270 hitter. So, you know, he, he can be a gap-to-gap hitter and not just a home run hitter. And that's one of the things Pete, you know, talks about all the time, the fact that he doesn't want to be known just as a, you know, power hitter, which he is. And that's how he makes his money. There's no question about that. But Pete is a good hitter. He is a disciplined hitter hitter and he has worked really hard to become not just a better hitter but a more than serviceable and he's another guy we've spoken about this on our network quite a bit we've had guys who have come up and we hear about them from an offensive standpoint but guys who are going to struggle defensively and Pete was one of those guys and he has worked himself into being a very serviceable and solid first baseman and we heard the same thing with Alvarez and he is his catching metrics are terrific and when Michael Conforto came up he's a giant now but when he came up they talked about the fact that he wasn't a very good defensive outfielder but he was a, a good defensive outfielder same thing with Brandon Nimmo who's turned into one of the best outfielders in the National League and a terrific leadoff hitter but um, I think you know getting back to your question about Pete and not getting the attention that that he deserves I think when you really break it down, it's because he plays in this market where the, you know, one of the great home run hitters in the modern game, Aaron judge resides. And I think that plays into the equation. How on earth are the Mets? What are they now? 27 and 0 when leading after eight innings without Edwin Diaz. Well, and we, and listen, we've spoken about this quite a bit. One of the great, I think under the radar signings, during this offseason has been David Robertson. Mm. He has been lights out at the back end of the bullpen. And listen, this is a guy who's got a long track record. He's got 150 or so saves, you know, in his big league career. He's been in high leverage situations. And the Mets signed him to be their eighth inning guy. And when Diaz went down, I think Robertson just embraced the mantle um, and has done a terrific job at the back end of the bullpen. Interesting. I don't know if you read this about Diaz, but uh, Kenny Rosenthal in The Athletic did a piece and said that Diaz has not ruled out the possibility of coming back this year. Wow. It's going to be a long shot, but, mm-hmm. but he's working really hard. You know, the Mets have this owner who's the richest owner in baseball. And right. when Diaz went down with the injury, I think they threw everything at him. Like nutritionists, chefs, trainers, like you name it. He's got that at his disposal. And I think that is speeding the process along in his recovery. Uh, so not out of the realm of possibility that he could come back this year, but Robertson has embraced, stepped up, veteran, done the job. First, you know, 55, 56 games of the season, he, he's been lights out. Yeah, Gary, uh, being with the, in the division with the Braves, you may have to go on a 15-2 run. Is, is there what, – what would have to happen with the, with the Mets for – this team to be able to do that other than health, you know, everybody's healthy because they have talent and sure. they've been around a long yep. time. That would probably help. But other than that, is there a certain player? Is there a couple of players? Is there a part of the lineup? How, how would they go on a 15 and two run? And, and I think they will go on one of these, these runs. They, they you know, you talk about health, you know, they, they had missed 
four of their five starting pitchers for much of the first third of the season. And one of the reasons they find themselves now playing better baseball last three games against the Phillies, they had a starting pitcher go at least six innings in all three starts. And the Mets are now 15, I think 16 or no on the season when they have a starting pitcher go six innings. So that's been a game changer. But as far as getting really hot, I think what we saw here over these last few days is the the formula because Mark Hanna has had a very quiet season so far. Last two games, he hits home runs. And he put the Mets ahead with home runs in both games. Uh, it proved to be the game-winning home runs. He was hitting eighth in the lineup. So to lengthen out the lineup, I think, is one of the keys. To get production down at the bottom of the lineup, I think, is one of the keys for the Mets to get really hot. And you look at a guy like Eduardo Escobar. Uh, this is a guy who's been a two-time All-Star. He lost his starting job to Brett Beatty when Beatty came up as the, the, the everyday third baseman. But Escobar has embraced this role of not being an everyday player, but anytime he's used, he's had an amazing last two or three weeks. And so, uh, you know, and again, he's a guy, you know, down in the lineup a little bit who has given them sort of production in that, in that area. So that's what, what I think the Mets need to do. They need to get more length out of their lineup, and they did so in the Steelers series. And I think that is a blueprint for them to get really hot and to go on a run. On uh, Sunday, we're going to get a chance to see uh, Kode Senga against Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, what is it, what is it called, the, the ghost fork? I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> that pitch. Yeah. The ghost fork. The ghost fork. He's, uh, he, he's, he's something else, isn't he? You know, it's, it's stark, the difference in Senga, his home numbers, as compared to his road numbers so far. So I think at home he's got an ERA of about a buck twenty, and then on the road it's up over six. Mm-hmm. Um, He's getting acclimated to the to the American game, and so his usage. And you mentioned he's going to pitch Sunday. Now I don't think that's in stone yet, okay? Because he has not pitched. He has not pitched on regular rest. Oh, okay. One time this year, okay. Right, as you know, in Japan they pitch once yep. a week, and they don't usually pitch in a lot of cold weather. And the weather has not been great, and he's had some cold games, even on the road out in San Francisco and Oakland. The weather was not great. Um, I think he's had a tough time with the weather a little bit, and so. They're trying to get him to a place where they can pitch him every fifth day. And Sunday would be his regular day to go. They said they're going to announce tomorrow whether they feel comfortable putting him in that position. Um, but the ghost fork is, is a really unique pitch. Look, it's, it's, a, it's a, a splitter, basically. It falls off the table. But what makes it effective is his fastball. And everybody talks about his ghost fork, but he's got a fastball that has giddy up. And it's up around 97, 98, 99 miles per hour. And so that fastball, that, that, that four-seam fastball, and that split change, the, four, the, the ghost fork, they come out in the same place. And so as a hitter, you don't know, is it going to ride up? Is it going to be 96, 97? Or is it going to drop off the table? And so when his fastball, when he locates his fastball, those are the games when he's been really effective because that ghost fork is nasty. And he's coming off his best start as a net last time out. He went seven innings against Philadelphia and gave up one hit. Uh, no runs, uh, I think nine strikeouts, didn't walk anybody, which is key for him. Uh, when he's on, he's really fun to watch. And I really think he's one of the X factors on this team because they're built with Scherzer and Verlander at the top of the rotation. And that's sort of a given. The Mets need Scherzer and Verlander to be all-star quality, to be a team that's going to contend big time in the postseason. But if Sanga can match what those guys do and be a bona fide big time number three, that that is a huge key 
for this Mets team. And then, of course, the Mets also could be getting Jose Quintana back uh, at some point late in June yeah, or early July. Walter. Buck said yesterday he hopes to have him back before the All-Star break. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's almost like a trade acquisition. Yep. A month early trade acquisition. That, that'd be big. And then and then Carrasco, uh, his right. last couple of starts, he he missed time with the, with the bone spurs in his elbow. He's looked like the Carlos Carrasco of old here in his last couple of starts. So if you get Quintana back, and he was a workhorse season ago, Carrasco pitches mm-hmm. at this level. Senga continues to develop, and Scherzer and Verlander, pitch at a high level the Mets will be a legitimate contender and they better be a contender because they've got a 377 million dollar payroll and that's that's built to win right now (laughs) Scherzer's 38 Verlander's 40 you've got to win with you know there's a lot of pressure on the Mets to be um you know World Series contenders they they haven't spent all this money to not contend and I know the Blue Jays have spent a lot of money Mm -hmm. they're they're built to win. So I think there's a certain amount of pressure that goes with that. Gary, really good of you to join us today. Really good insight, my friend. Be well. Thanks, Gary. Great to be with you guys. Thank you. Take care. Gary Apple is a Mets TV pre and post game host on uh, SNY, the uh, Mets television network. Boy, and, uh, I, go ahead. I've boy, got, it, is, it is amazing to to talk about the team in the in the NL East. Yeah, that is three games above five hundred and only three and a half games out of the first place team. And the way we talk about the Blue Jays in the American League East, and they have the same exact record. Yeah. as the Mets do. It's very interesting, right? Because they're they are definitely still in it, right? There's oh they god, can yeah. still win the the oh the they can East. still win the they oh, can win the abso- division absolutely. That's no doubt. The Blue Jays, it might be a little tougher. So listen, if it's just get, interesting, if they get everybody healthy, you know, oh, they're they're a really good team. They're really good. They team. are. They're a really good team. David Robertson, I wonder how many people have got this. There are four active relief pitchers with a thousand plus career strikeouts. Roldis Chapman, yeah, makes sense. Craig Kimbrell, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kenley Jansen, that makes sense. David Robertson's the fourth. Yeah, he's. I, you talk about dudes that have just had really, really good careers. Ten saves, five holds. And now I don't know if he pitched today. His WHIP going into today was zero point nine five. Um, I think it's mindset. I, I think he's played in a, in a Enough tough cities and lefties just don't hit that. Off. Going through the that the, what, the cutter, it's the cutter. That's right? a good point. Go, go, going through the little, you know, the little bumps in the season, it's not really a big deal for him. Like no. he he's played in the big time cities. Like he'll he'll force his way through it and he won't pay any attention to it. And you know, it's it's uh, that's that's sort of what the Blue Jays are kind of missing, right? Yes. Jordan Romano goes away. Who's closing? I'm not going to say. Well, I know you want to say Nate Pearson, but realistic, realistically. I mean, it'd be Swanson, but it would be. So this you, you would have some doubts there, right? So dude, that, David so, David so Robertson, have this guy in, yeah. It's, David Robertson pitched. You want to talk about kind of running the gamut here? David Robertson pitched six years for the Yankees. Then he made another return to the Yankees. He's been with the Phillies twice. Now he's with the Mets and the Cubs. Tough, right. So and and he pitched for the Cubs like and the White Sox. He asked for so it. his markets. <laughs> yeah, his markets. Well, New York. Chicago, Philly, yeah, New well, York the Chicago twice, one Philly is not twice, a big deal. Yeah. New York, and, and actually New York three times. I mean, all he needs mm-hmm. to run the, the you know the Hellfire trifecta is to go to Boston for a year. Sure. So it's pretty clear that this dude is 
ready to go. He's ready give, to give, go. Give not me, a lot. Give me the ball. Nothing, nothing's going to bother me. Not a lot gets to me. No. Uh, it's a great point you made about Pete Alonso, too. Like Pete Alonso, home run derby, all that stuff. Never but heard, Pete Alonso gets just ignored. I mean, I wouldn't say Basically. ignored because no, but, he's... But, okay, let me ask you a question. One have, of the you ever five... said his, have you ever said his name on this show up until today? I'll give I mean, you the answer to that. Probably. No, you haven't. No. It's rare that we mention his name. You know, That's we, the point is. Maybe comparing. big ones. Yeah. Already. Well, you you know, the thing I think is kind of interesting. We, we talk about, you know, Vladdy Jr. needs to be an aircraft carrier. He needs to carry his team the way Aaron Judge carries his team. It takes us like four or five dudes before we get to Pete Alonso. No question. Carrying his team as well. Yeah. But uh, th- this is uh, this will be a good test. This will be a very good test Better for the Jays. Well. Justin Verlander's throwing a couple of no-nos against his team, I believe. Chris Bassett. Oh, he's coming off a stinker, too. Normally when he's coming off a stinker. Yeah. You know, the curveball hasn't been great. The velocity on the four-seamer's been up and down. I mean, I'm sure that has a little something to do with age. He's been injured, obviously. Chris Bassett. Re- you know, Chris so Bassett returning to New let's York. Let's not try too hard. That sounds like a try-too-hard game, right? Chris Bassett returning to City Field. Yeah. You know, the... He's coming off a little bit of a stinker, too, not having the sinker, right? So there, there and, is some things here that bode for a, you know, a nothing-nothing game in the sixth or seventh. Inning. And the memory of Chris Bassett for a lot of Mets fans will be that meltdown in the postseason. Sure. with Just yelling in what he wants to yelling throw. Yelling in what he wants yeah, to yeah. throw because of the whole pitch comm issue. So yeah. uh, good test. Good test for Chris Bassett uh, against, uh, against the Mets tomorrow at City Field. It's amazing that we went through a whole entire interview and did not m- mention Lindor's name. He's sort of forgotten there. Like, I know he's having a decent year. He's got 10 homers. I think he's got five, it, five from each side but of the it is those, Like, it's really, really, I, I, you don't pay a ton of attention to no, him. Because, because really. the, the, it, it is really true. The guys who, they didn't save the year, but the guys who gave the Mets that little push were those young dudes yeah. that they brought up. Energy means something. Ener- yeah, energy with quality play. Did, like, you got to have both. Who did we talk to? The other and week, if I that, run hard on an out to first base, it doesn't really who do we, count. Does who it? do we talk to the other week that said what you like is rookie players who come up and bring energy and keep their mouth shut? It might have been Ryan Dempster, maybe, or somebody like that. Maybe it was Dempster. Young guys who come up, bring energy by playing and just listen, yeah. and you really get the sense of the uh, the Alvarez got eight homers. I mean that that means like he is doing things to help his team win a baseball game. He's just not up there running to first or no. running hard on a pop out to right field to second base. Like he's doing things offensively to help this team. And and then the, the catching part of it is a big deal too. So yeah, this is going, this is a big deal for the blue Jays. You know, they, the Mets play really well at home. You're going to have to, yes. it's Verlander. You're going to have to go in there and zone up. Like you're going to have to not chase the curveball or the slider or ne- he's going to nibble with you a little bit with the elevated fastball. You're going to have to get it, fight him in the zone. A couple of things to keep in mind. The Mets are second in the majors in stolen base percentage. Uh-oh. 86.4. Starling Marte's 15 bags. Uh, and the other thing, Francisco Alvarez. He hit a home run last year. Right? I'm trying to say it. He hit a home run last year. He's eight home runs this season. Hit a home run last year. He's got nine career homers before turning 22 years of age. It's the most by a catcher since Pudge at yeah, 21 yeah. from 91 to 93. He's, yeah, ba- he's, Bassett, Barrios, he's a good and, deal. and you say are not awful at holding runners on. So you would think that part of the game is sort of a little bit under control. It's the first two guys that are atrocious. At. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Gosman, a lot of times, just don't pay a ton of attention. And after today, I'm sure the quick pitching thing that he really didn't seem like he was no. you know, too excited about that with. And no, 
I'm sort of in that camp, or a lot of that has to do with the scoreboard. I mean, I'm sure people get tired of hearing that, but a lot of the things you do on the field, you know, we saw a guy sort of misplay a ball in right field to turn the Kiermaier thing into a triple late in the game. Like, you shouldn't do that because mm-hmm. the scoreboard tells you not to, right? Keep it in front of you. Maybe keep that run from scoring, not allow, allowing him to go to third base. So, yeah, it's and this is this is an interesting series because this is sort of I don't want to say must win, but the going on four game losing streaks for the Blue Jays is sort of over. You've like, got you've you've got to put a, sort you, of over. You got to put a little. You got <laughs> like you got to put. I'm you not have saying to put a you got to go fifteen and no, two, but you got to put a little run together. But a, but an eight and two would be good. You need to put a little run together. No right question. Now. You you really do. You know you got three games in New York. Then you're home for a long time. You got a long homestand coming out. This would be a good time to kind of build off that series win against Milwaukee. And as we talked about all my approach with this team going forward is very simple. Win as many series as you can, toss the odds sweep in. That's really that's Ooh. that's that's kind of what you're gonna Yeah. That's that's what you're gonna have to do if you're the Blue Jays. Uh of course the big talking point uh out of this series against Milwaukee. Uh, remains Alec Manoa. What do the days uh, the, the Jays do with Alec Manoa? Where do they go with Alec Manoa? Shai Davidi of Sportsnet wrote a uh, terrific article on Alec Manoa today, did a deep dive into what the next steps may be for the Blue Jays, if there are any next steps for the Blue Jays. Shai Davidi will join us next, and we'll go to the back leg line, 416-413-3959. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, and the Sportsnet app. I think I just yawned on camera. So how do you think we're doing? Scale of 1 to 10 on the positivity today. 1 to 10. 10 being so positive that we're oozing positivity. 1 being we're not even trying. <laughs> so where are we at? It's a valid question. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it in the... Six to seven and a half range because uh, I think b- b- beyond that you get into the, you know the having Gary on saying that, that the Mets are capable real soon of going on a fifteen and two run. Well, and, and then you start thinking of the Jays because the Jays are really healthy for the most part with at least the people that matter. Generally, the most. Justin Verlander's Just, not. They're a good start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of things about the series that uh, should concern you. However, however, the Jays are coming off a series win against the Milwaukee Brewers. Jays are not a great team. But the Jays, you could also say the Jays are thirty and twenty-seven. You you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. There you go. And I think I think they are doing that. They did that twice out of three opportunities. They beat the team they're supposed to beat, winning three-one today. Kevin Gossman, my goodness, he was good. Uh, Six and two-thirds innings of uh, shutout baseball, five hits, eleven strikeouts, two walks. Uh, leads the American League in strikeouts, first in innings pitched, seventh in ERA at 276. I think 
Dan Shulman made a point during the telecast. He, there are two starts where he was awful. If you just give him regular Kevin Gossman starts, he's probably the best pitcher in the American League right now. It sure looked like what he got. Probably the best pitcher. Fifteen earnings and two starts. Yeah, combined. So, you throw out those, it's elite year. Uh, Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, both homered. And as we said, it's June. The Jays are trying to turn the page yeah, on, yeah. A, uh, well, the, on a on a not-very-good May. Well, the easiest way to do that, Jeff, and I wrote this down for a reason because I know you'd bring this up, the Bo Bichette homer. He laid off the 0-0 fastball end, got the 2-0 fastball. Where, Jeff? Right down the middle. Yep. The Matt Chapman homer. The 1-2 fastball that he fouled up that was like four inches middle up that he normally swings through for strike three, he fouled that off. What does he do now? He got the next one about six inches lower and hit a home run. That's the whole point here, right, is you have to fight with two strikes to get that pitcher or allow that pitcher to throw one somewhere close to the middle of the plate because you're a good hitter. You don't have to be a great hitter. You're a good hitter and have power and don't have to pull it to hit homers. You can create some backspin and help your team win a baseball game. That's the whole point. That's how you go on a nice little late and two run. Shai Davidi is Sportsnet's MLB insider. Uh, he was at the Rogers Center today, and uh, the Jays go on to face the Mets in a three-game series starting tomorrow night in New York. And Shai's article today on Sportsnet.ca off of last night's game, focusing on on Alec Manoa. That's the you know we're gonna. Yes, I know it's optimistic June. We've turned the page and everything, but uh, the fact of the matter is there is going to be another Kevin Gossman start at some point or another Alec Manoa start at some point, and Shy, that is going to be in the majors, isn't it? Look at you trying to drag everyone back to miserable May. I'm not trying to drive everybody, drag everybody back to you miserable nailed it, May. You nailed it, Yeah, I would expect it to be in the big leagues, and I... I understand the discourse and why we're talking about it, but I just think there's a few things, right? And if you're going to send a guy to the minor leagues, there should be something identifiable, specific for him to work on, like needing a timeout. And, you know, maybe, again, you know, I think let's kind of isolate the comments Manila made after the game uh, last night. And just going to say, okay, it's made it a heat in the moment. I'm not sure whether, you know, that's the same thing today and tomorrow. But unless he really needs some sort of break uh, and some sort of reset, you know, I don't know that it's, I don't know that that's necessarily the right thing. And I had a really interesting conversation with Chris Bassett earlier this morning. And Chris Bassett ended up speaking to Alec Manoa in the bullpen. And Chris Bassett's point was that, you know, there's just a lot of negative, and there was a lot of positive for him to take from that outing. He said he liked Chris Bassett said I liked the changeup, I liked the slider, I liked the way he kept us in the game, I liked all those things, and he ran out of pitches. But keep pitching like that, keep doing those things, and you're going to get to those seven and eight inning outings. And it's just a different point of view, and it's a point of view from a veteran teammate looking at a younger teammate, and. Maybe that Manoa needs to hear some more around that to get himself, just get himself in a bit of a different headspace and get there. You know, the, the rush to demote someone and as if that's a miracle cure-all. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that he's drowning right now. Certainly the comments that he made were uh, were definitely a bit eye-opening. 
But as long as the Blue Jays don't think this is a guy who's drowning, I don't know that the stint in the minor leagues is the answer. Shy, you would think the, the consistent velocity would help, right? If it goes up a tick, you could get away with the bad slider, the bad sinker in the middle of the plate, the four-seamer that don't go where he wants it to go, maybe falling behind in the count and a hitter knows a fastball's coming. But because it's thrown a little bit harder, maybe you'd get away with it. Do you think they know or are close to knowing why the velocity has went down just a mile per hour. A mile per hour with what he throws, he's really a two-pitch guy. I mean, he's added the changeup because he's had to. He doesn't really want to throw that. So, basically, he's a two-fastball slider guy. But if the velocity goes up, do you think they have any idea why that might be? I think if they had the exact reasoning on it, that it would have been resolved by now. Sure. Right? And, and, and look, the, the, the velocity has crept up steadily, right? It wasn't where it was at earlier in the season. Now it's, it's, it's a mild difference, but it seems to have kind of plateaued there a little bit and, and certainly was mechanics early and they don't feel it's mechanics. You know, part of that, you know, I guess maybe one theory is that is it tied a little bit to conviction and the confidence right now where you can just really let it go and, and let it eat it. But you know, when he said yesterday that you know, right now he's in, as opposed to throw a strike here, he's in a don't throw a ball here mindset. You know, that maybe is tied into it a little bit. But you're you're absolutely right about the the velocity that that extra tick making a difference. The other thing I will say, and I raised that to John Schneider earlier this uh, earlier this morning, and he had, he made a really interesting point. He said when there were uh, there was a point last September when his velocity was down, but when he was confident and he was attacking, it wasn't an issue. He found ways around it, and I think part of the two things there that maybe he's maybe it's in his head a little bit that his velocity is down a touch, so he feels he needs to be a little bit extra fine, and that's leading to some mislocations. And if he can just eliminate that whole chain reaction and just get back to your Alec Manoa go out there and compete with what you've got because you can still have success that way. Maybe that helps. And it's all easier said than done. I have to acknowledge it's incredibly hard to pitch in the big leagues. Uh, but I think that's some of the conversation that's going on right now. Hey, Shy, you're really close to this. Do you think this is start to start? Like if he has a bad start, his next start, do you think they're going to make changes? Like they'll have to, he'll force their hand one way or the other. I, I don't think that it's measurable solely by success. Right. It has to be kind of like, is he in a position where he can still compete and find ways to progress? Right. Like if, if he's at a point where it's going to start being detrimental to him, that to me is when, when you push back. Like the other factor too, is that, you know, this isn't exactly a wealth of options. Like mm-hmm. where you, like if there was someone at AAA that was pushing and you're saying, okay, this is going to be demonstrably better for us then, okay, maybe that's a bit of a different conversation right now, but are you, are you rushing to, to do this so that Zach Thompson can get some innings mm-hmm. or that you can tax your bullpen by you know, an opener and Trevor Richards in bulk or something along those lines? You know, I, I just The alternatives is a piece here, but ultimately it comes down to sort of what is the best for Alec Manoa. And if Alec Manoa gets to a point where you really see that this is eating at him and it, it, it's becoming, uh, you know, just harmful to him, to him 
from a pitching perspective and his, his career perspective, that point, that's when you take the timeout. But until he gets to that point, you know, my, my lead would be just keep running out there because of who he is and what he's been and what he's done. Shy, did you get a chance when you talked to Chris Bassett to kind of just find out how he feels going back to City Field, going back to take on the Mets? I didn't actually raise that with him because we were more mostly okay. just talking about, about Manoa, but I definitely think that that's going to be uh, an intriguing outing for him. And look, it was a, a, a brief one-year stay, right? Like mm-hmm. you get traded from the Oakland A's where, you know, he understood that he was at the point where if you're, if you're an Oakland player, that that's, that's where you expire there, but a year or two before you hit free agency. And so he had this sort of, one-off year with the Mets, which is a, a nice season, and, and then he's gone. So uh, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting outing for him and, and definitely be uh, a lot of emotions for him, I'd imagine. Shy, I've been on some really stinky teams that I played on in my in my career, some really bad ones where you're losing a ton of games and you're dreading coming to the field. It, it, I hate to ask it this way because they are above 500, but they are in fourth place. Fourth place, I think it is. So And they're just coming off winning a series at home, which is a big deal. I do you get a feel of the room? I, I, maybe that shouldn't matter, right? It's about your best players being your best players, and if they play the best, you'll probably go on a run that you want to go on, and maybe it'll help you get where you want to go. But but you have to start somewhere. Do, do you get a sense of how the feel of the room is between the guys? Yeah, I mean, that the sense I'd have, you, you said it right at the end there, you've got to start somewhere, right? And Look, if you're a team uh, that has the aspirations that the Blue Jays do, and then you have an 11 and 17 month, like, nobody's going to be happy. Like, if anybody's happy and feeling good, then then you've got a real problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, dudes should be upset about how the last month went because that is beneath them. Like, they're a better team than they showed, and they didn't play it. And they they played a lot of bad baseball. They made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, they left a lot of runners on base, uh, had innings that unraveled on them. That's not, it was in some ways the complete opposite of the, the tight, crisp baseball that they played in April. So I, I do feel that there's a bit of a, a sense of, okay, let, let's just, that happened. Let's turn this around. Let's get this right. Let's start building some things. And it started with the series win in Minnesota. And then you win a series against Milwaukee. Now it's two series wins, four wins in the past six games. All of a sudden it's progressive and incremental. And the automatic feelings that you just want to sort of run off 12 straight wins and get all those losses back and sort of reassert yourself in the standings. But I think, uh, there's maybe a bit of focus on just like process. Let's do the things that we need to do to win. And then the wins will come. And if we're patient and just do that on a consistent basis, you know, we'll reverse what happened the last month. Speaking of process, where is Vladdy Jr. right now in, in terms of process, obviously having Wilton up, uh, you know, for, for part of this homestand, at least, or part of the series is I think indication that he's, you know, he's certainly he's he's relying on some some trusted voices to to get him through this. But yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the two Bens on the radio yesterday talking about you know, his lack of not hitting a home run here. I think we're at ninety. I I don't know. He's got one home run, like ninety four plate appearances or something like that. He hasn't hit a home run here. I don't think till since in Toronto since September thirtieth against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you know, is, how, how much? Are, are you getting a sense that the Jays, that the people have an idea why it is that 
this is this kind of power shortage has happened to Vladi because it's not just at home now. I think you can say there's been a power shortage in general. What's going on there and, and, and what it's going to take to fix that? It's clearly, I don't think it's dominated things as much as the Alec Manoa discussion, but in some ways it's, you know, Alec Manoa's issues are once every five days, right? Vladi's are four times a day. Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, Josh Schneider said it a couple times this week, right, that he is, uh, you know, right, right there with Bo is the, the most important guys in, in the lineup, right? You get Vladdy going and all of a sudden this team looks a lot different. Uh, you know, the conversation that I had with Vlad earlier this week, uh, and I thought it was pretty interesting, he said he feels like he's still catching the ball more out in front of where he wants to be. And that's what's leading to some of the rollovers and some of the, the long fly balls instead of the balls clearing the fence and that he's working at seeing the ball a little bit deeper, you know, being able to, to stick middle of field right side uh, as a way to, to focus the swing, just get himself, uh, get himself back from a timing perspective. And he feels that it's close. And, you know, there are some, mechanical things that he's working on as well. You know, Guillermo Martino said they're trying to, or his hands are sometimes getting a bit too low and that's tying up his swing a little bit as well. So there are a few pieces that are coming there, but they're the type of contact that we saw. It, it seemed like it's a little bit better. There were a couple balls of the past couple of days where he felt like, Oh, he just was a hair off on that one where, it's not just the weak ground ball, the, the weak six threes or whatever. It's now starting to be some, you know, long fly balls. And is that, is he, is he now just sort of that one final step away from putting it together? I think that's certainly the hope from a Blue Jays perspective, some of what they're saying right now. But again, until it gets there, it, it, you're just waiting for it. And, and we all know how important it is. How, how do you think John uses Jimmy Garcia? I think right now it's in situation low leverage situations until he builds him back up again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we've seen the last few times out for Jimmy Garcia, where it's been the game that's out of hand a little bit one way or the other, and he can just go in and doesn't have the, the pressure and has to just find that that location with the fastball and then be able to get the, the breaking ball back, the, the slider back in line and as effective as it was last year. So, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. There's, you're always got these, the, rarely does a team run where everybody's performing perfectly, but, you know, just think about the discussion we've had the last few minutes. It's just, there are just so many areas where the Blue Jays have to, have to just find repairs or just get guy back to where he needs to be uh, and to still be over 500 amid those circumstances, you know, that's not necessarily, uh, or, or maybe that's at least indicative of, of some of the talent on this club. Shy last question before we let you run. Um, obviously the, the, you know, the draft is coming up. That's going to occupy uh, a lot of uh, sort of the bandwidth in the Jays front office, but something we've started to talk about Matt Chapman, uh, no indication that he's going to sign a long-term deal here. He is a free agent. He's free agent eligible. I'm just wondering if you see a time or a point, and I'm not saying you throw in the towel here, but maybe you you look at Matt Chapman's situation and say, look, we have some needs. Uh, do we go about 
seriously considering trading Matt Chapman to address one of those needs. Something that's going to help us this year and long term. Because the needs they have right now are going to be around next year. Could conceivably be around next year as well when Matt Chapman isn't here. I'm just wondering if you think we're we're anywhere near that point yet. Uh, I it's. It would have to be so creative to pull off something like that. I mean, the only way you do that is if you're punting to some extent on this season, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I understand sort of the, the concept, like the amount of creativity, it would have to be a, a package of moves, right? right? Because if you're moving Matt Chapman to address another year, well, you're creating a massive hole at third base that you don't have a backfill for. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not like the third baseman of the future is knocking on the door. You know, Addison Barger, who could in theory have been a piece, uh, a piece. You know, he's working out in Florida. He's trying to get his elbow right. He's got uh, some issues with the ligament there that he has to figure out how to play around, and and maybe that that's something that needs to be corrected with a procedure down the road. Uh, but beyond that, like there, there are no answers uh, in terms of who's who's next. Aralvis Martinez is, you know, hitting home runs, but not much else at, at Double A right now. So. He doesn't. He, he's not going to step in in 2020 or, or right now later this season and be an answer for you. So if you can trade, in theory, if you could trade Matt Chapman, get get a future piece that you can, and then find another backfill at third base, and you know, and find other ads that make the roster mm-hmm. better. Sure, but it would just be such a complicated transaction. I just, unless you're punting on the season, I have a hard time seeing how you would pull that off. Shy, really good of you yep. to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Be well. See you. You got the Shy Davidi, MLB insider. It's uh, it'd be hard to trade Chapman. They don't have a cleanup hitter. Uh, he's about the closest thing when he's hot to being the cleanup hitter. Yeah, I'm just wondering. You know, at some so, point, at, at some point, you and this is this is why I asked the question. There's not, there does not appear to be a lot of pieces here to help the team, not just this year, but next year. I mean, if Addison Barger's elbow is going to require a procedure, you can't count on him next year. I, I don't know where Ricky Tiedemann is. Um, you know, Brandon Barrera. Uh, I'm just wondering if at I some point, wonder- or Elvis Martinez, you know, shies right. He hits a ton of home runs. He doesn't hit anything else. And I, I'm just wondering if at some point you have to start looking at doing something that maybe makes you a little worse this year, but might help you be better next year. Because again, you're, you're, yeah, you can go in the free agent market next year. The free agent market next year isn't as deep as it's been in previous years. All you need to know about the free agent mar- market next year is Matt Chapman's probably the second best available hitter out there. Yeah. So I'm I'm just wondering if uh, if, if you know if well, I wonder in the at wild, some point you have the discussion in the wild card standings. How big? How far? How big the number would have to be, or how many teams you think you'd have to jump? See, I don't think it before you make that move. It's not about the American League. East. They've spent, to your point all year, they've spent a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And that new stadium, it'd be real tough to be just sort of. Oh, I realize. You know, that. giving up what you'd be giving up. I realize. Your third baseman that plays that. that kind of defense and, you know, the air quoted leader, one of the leaders of your team. It would be tougher to do that. This I'm with you. Like, sooner or later, they're going to have to make a tough decision. Either you're, you're trading Kiermaier, you're trading. You know, Chapman, I, you might see the Kiermaier thing before you'd see the Chapman thing. But I just I just wonder how far behind they'd have to be in the wild card race or how many teams they'd have to jump before they'd actually even think about making yeah, see, moves I, like that. Again, if, I, if I'm the Jays, I don't have to make – here's what I know. I don't have to make a move for finances. 
I, I just don't. Nope. Theoretically, I can keep Matt Chapman all year, and then if he walks as a free agent, Absolutely. he walks as a free agent. No question. Right? Because the, uh, but so you don't have to make a move necessarily because of finances, although it finances, although it is interesting that part of the explanation for the Teoscar Hernandez deal was that they were going to take the money and use it for Kevin Kiermaier. So, uh, yeah, finances aren't a determining factor here, but I think there is a, you know, hey, if you, if you can win and it's going to cost us $20 million less to put a better team on the field, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is if, if there is some sort of deal out there that makes you, looks good for you next year, and doesn't necessarily have a, you know, have a, have a, doesn't kill your year this year, then maybe you look at doing it. I don't pretend, like, I don't think there is one. I don't pretend to know what deals are out there. I'd be hard-pressed if there is one, I, or I'd hard, be hard-pressed to come up with one. And the one thing you know, if you make a deal, you make a deal at this time of year, you're not, it's not going to be a value deal. No. Like, if you make a deal now, people are going to know you're panicking and people are not going to offer you as much, especially for a guy who's free agent eligible. Yep. So, you're, you're, you're kind of stuck with what you have. You are absolutely right. Right now, he might be a hot Matt Chapman's the closest thing you're going to have to a cleanup hitter, oh. I guess is the way I'd put it. And the other thing about Matt oh. Chapman, we talk about things. Matt Chapman does a 21 doubles. He does. And he had a really good month. He's a, he, and he's had a really bad month. He's had a really bad like, month. And now he, you, and, you, and, and this month started. It can, go, it can go real quick. But you know what? He's still, he had two doubles two nights ago. He's yeah, still he hitting. Today. He's still hitting doubles. Yeah. And. He's a streaky hitter. I'll take doubles. He is a streaky hitter. I'll take doubles from him. But uh, they, they need as long a streaks as they can get. Yes. If they're married to Dalton Varsho hitting fourth, like, some people around him are going to have to start hitting. Like, I, really. Uh, as for Alec Manoa, look, we talked about this a lot. I, I think at some point you have to make a call uh, and you have to take it out of his hands. But um, doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like doesn't. they're ready to do that right Shy, now. Shy's pretty close to that. He's He's been asking questions from – People that would know and would answer it, like yeah. the John's. John's not shy. No. He's gonna tell you. Like he's gonna. He'll tell us tomorrow. We're gonna ask. Yeah, and but, I'm sure but he'll. He, he'll. He'll tell us. So I. I just don't. They 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 continue to say that there was something he can take from that. They must have been watching a different game. I was watching. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure you're not gonna go up to him and just tell him every bad thing he did. We're at the you're, slider you're, shape. You're thing. trying to you're trying to figure right. out. Well, you're you're digging. We're at for the a positive. Sh- thing. We're at the shape of pitches. Uh, maybe at that point. Yeah, things of that go. nature. There you go. And battling and well, giving I'm your team a chance him. to win. I yeah, hope he figures all. it out. Oh, I do too. It makes life a lot easier for everybody. No if he question. Does. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Your chance to talk to Kevin Barker, criticize Kevin Barker, tell Kevin Barker how much you love him, whatever. Just keep me out of it. We'll go to the back leg line next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. And if you're listening to us via podcast, leave a nice review and rating for Barker. We'll be back in a few seconds. Well, I think we got a pretty good show for you tomorrow. Uh, we'll have our regular segment with John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Dan Shulman, the TV voice of the Blue Jays, will join us. And Joe Madden. Yes. That's not like a pretty good show. Yeah. I'm, I might show up for it. Can't. Go <laughs> huh. on, Boffo, you like that. Our producer, Mark Boffo. He's, he's, had, he's had a bit of a week, hasn't he? He's, it's tough. The Boffinators had he's a bit of a week. Been yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, it's been yeah, yeah. Been a little tough. It's been, but he's going to call been you, his best one. What? Oh. 
No, it has not been. Like, it has not been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it has not been. No. But uh, he's going to, he's, he's rallying tomorrow. I got, I got, he's kind of had an Alec Manoa type of, of, of week. Yeah, it's been a bad start. It's been, you know, it's been a, been a couple of bad starts. Like that, that sinker's not located. Yeah, we're not entirely, yeah, boy, we're not. He's all around the zone. We're not entirely certain. Walking that leadoff in after much. after that the last talk we had with him, we're not we're not entirely certain that is you know that he's, he's, he's in the right frame of mind. You think he listens? The side young winner, side young winner. There you go, uh, Boffo, our side young winner. But no, I, I've got a good sense. I've got a feeling that maybe tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, t- tomorrow maybe the slider comes together. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed they all show up. You know, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> uh. Oh, You're with come me, on. aren't you, Bafo? The only reason we say this is because we love you. If we didn't, if we didn't talk about you, that you'd know that we didn't like you. Well, two out of three, you know, showing up. Well, yeah, that's it's true. the other one. You yeah, just don't. You're not. You're not 100. percent We're a little worried. About but he's trying to sell books, so he'll come on. And he trying to still sell his book? Probably. I don't know. I got faith. So. I got faith. But we, you know, as 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 shy to says, it's not like we got options. <laughs> it's not like we got any other options, right? A two out of three, man. No. <laughs> Two or three, do that every day. It gets you in the Hall of Fame. Oy. Uh 416-413-3959. We want to move on from Bafo because he's so upset he turned his back on us. Don't ever turn your back on the host. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Jeff and Markham, he's got a comment for Barker. Jeff. One thing I can't understand about the Blue Jays is why they always go up to the plate and swing at the first pitch. Why don't they make the pitchers work? Make the pitchers work so that they hit mistakes. I don't understand why in some games you're watching a, the opposing pitcher is in the third inning and they've only thrown 22, 25 pitches. If you take a look at good teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Orioles, any team in our division, those batters make the pitcher work. Get into the bullpen and do damage late in games. Why don't the Blue Jays go up to the plate with that philosophy? It irks me so much every time I see that. Thanks, guys. I mean, it's a great point. I, look, the, the only people that, people that would know that's the people that are going up and swinging at the first pitch. But I will say this. The, the, the one person that you see do it a ton is the dude hitting leadoff. Now, the dude hitting second can do what he wants to do, right? He's toned it down a little bit. He's hunting now. Like, you know, he's going up and trying to do damage. He's just not all of a sudden trying yeah. to flay a ball to right field. You can tell, right? He's trying to catch it out front and create a little backspin like he did today. He'll take the close one early to get the one that maybe he can drive and, and change the game a little bit that way. But for me, it's George Springer. You, you see you see, sort of when he has the better at bats, sort of everybody else tr- trickles down, he's right? A, has he not hit a lot of home runs and first pitches in his career? First pitches, I'm not sure. I have to look that up. Like I get the, first, I, first, I get the, first at bats. I, I I get the caller's point, but I'm going to throw a counterpoint out there. And this Larry Walker always used to talk about this. Well, everything Hall of Famer. Everything I hear pitching pitching coaches say to pitchers is throw first pitch strike, get ahead. So Walker's line was. Probably going to get a strike in the first pitch. What, Why if, I can't, what if I can't hit a, oh, a, a, a certain strike? Yeah, there you go. What that's, if I can't hit a ball in? Yep. Laddie, consistently. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he can't hit it, but consistently right now he's rolling over that. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there it? is this whole, you know, the whole. Uh, it is. You got you you know, like to be the, honest. The, it's the, the eight-pitch walk thing. Here's the thing. I don't like eight-pitch walks. 
Yeah, I don't either. I like eight pitch I, singles or eight pitch doubles. But I like a two one homer. Yeah, Bo Bichette, two zero homer right down the middle. I like those. Yeah, I like I like you fighting off the one two pitch to get the next one a little bit more down, where you can trying to make see solid here contact and hit a home run to right. I like those. I'm trying to see here what uh, Jeff's point is our, well our boy, taken for me anyway. You swing at your pitch. Well, John, John's come on this show how many times it says it's not mechanical. Yeah. It's about what you're swinging at. These guys have been around long enough to know that what they can and can't do well. When your team's not doing well, you try harder. You try harder, you tend to expand. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what you're seeing here. But it's like it's like the first at-bat George had today. He swung, he swung at a ball that, for me, he should never be swinging at. Ever. Because he's a really good hitter. I'll be border... Borderline great hitter when he's swinging at his pitch. So I, I, I like Jeff's point. The caller's point. I yep, mean, yeah. I'm just I can't find this anyhow. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jim and Hamilton. Kiermaier, Espinal, Merrifield, are they on your Blue Jays team next year? Are they worth the money they're asking? Merrifield, Espinal, and Kiermaier. Add to this team. Espinal, before he got hurt, or the game in which he got hurt, was three for three. The only thing that was lacking with him was somewhat the same with Biggio, but not to the same extent, was playing time, his reps. You give Espinal the reps, he'll give you almost certainly one out of three a game, if not two out of three a game. Your thoughts, gentlemen. Have a good day. Uh, Merrifield's got an $18 million. Did we say $18 million mutual option at $18 million? I mean, I really, I, I, I really have to think about that. I like Whit, I like having Whit Merrifield in the team. Uh, do I want to be paying that much money for Whit Merrifield? It depends what my options are. I got a lot of work I got to do in this team next year. I got a lot of work with this lineup. I do not have a cleanup hitter. I will not have a third baseman. Kiermaier deal? A deal. Do we want a deal? Because he's having a good year. If yeah, he continues to have no, a good I year, don't. stays on no, the field. No, I don't. No, I, mean, I don't. And and we're talking about trading him. No, I like don't. If they if they have, yeah, you know, no, somewhat I, of a of a another losing streak, you you would think they they'd be throwing yeah. it against the wall. You'd, I can always he'd be one of the guys you trade if he's healthy. The Espinal thing's not making enough money that you even worry about him. He, uh, I'm okay with him being the 26 guy. Like that's yeah, I'm, good I'm, I'm okay with him being the 26. He can play short for Bo if Bo ever needed it, which he seems I'm not to certain. never need it. He I, can play second, like you. I don't want him to be an everyday, but I don't think he can play every day. Uh, it's tough. I don't think he can play Three every or four day. days a week. He can have a nice career, absolutely, without playing every day. Kiermaier, you know, Kiermaier's defense is so elite. He's 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 he's, he's it's not that. Knock right. on wood. He stayed healthy. Yeah, it's not that. That's that's that's, that's it. That's the issue it. with me is health. I'm, I'm, I'm gambling. Year. Do I think that I'm going to get a completely healthy Kevin Kiermaier next year? Here's what I'll say: If the team, if the Jays don't make the playoffs this year, um, or if they scrape and claw in and, and get blown out by somebody in the first round, then I think just about all bets are off the yeah. table with the Jays. Shake next it up. Year. I, I think you do shake it up. Absolutely. Bo isn't going anywhere. No, nope. Vladdy isn't going back. anywhere. Probably Kiermaier's not Chapman's coming back. Chapman's not coming back. Yeah. Uh, You'll adjust with the Dalton thing. I mean, he'll be here for a long time. He'll yeah. probably be your left fielder. But 
you'll yeah. adjust. You're right. You'll you'll need to go out and get yourself but a you cleanup know, pitter. Before you do right. that, you've got to find out. You got to have an idea where Arelvis Martinez is. You got to have an idea where Addison Barger is. Can you count on these guys in the off season? You got to have an idea where Alejandro Kirk is. What are you going to get from him? Mm. You know, I, I don't think people understand how close this team is to having to make some really, 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 really deep decisions. And you're also going to move another year closer to Vladdy's free agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Springer, if anybody's interested in his career, swinging at the first pitch, hitting 352 with 40 home runs. Just saying. Yeah, he's hitting 330 or something this year, too, on the first pitch. But so, it's it's when those at bats that were you're needing him to have better at bats. Yeah. Right. And right but now he's going to I'm I am I am I'm saying that. I have no problem with George Swing, uh, George Springer swinging at the first pitch. I don't. I'm, I don't necessarily want it from other dudes. I have no problem if he wants to do it. That's part of his game. That's a big part of his game. That's one of the reasons he likes being a leadoff. Yeah, I think as long as it's working. Sometimes Mike, you're going through things. You got to adjust. Mike from Victoria, BC. Again, the back leg line is four one six four one three three nine five nine. Mike from Victoria, Mike. BC. To me, Vladdy and Alex seem to have the same problem. They're young, everyone expects the world of them, and they're depressed. They have lost their sense of confidence. And I'm wondering, can they do something different? Can Alec pitch from the stretch? Does he do that already? I don't know. He does. Uh, I don't see him. He does. With Flatty, you know, with all that talent and all that skill and all that ability, can he not shorten his swing or, or or refine his swing and ditch the toe tap, ditch the fruition, ditch the gather. I mean, I know all that ingrained stuff and has to do with bat speed and path and all that kind of stuff, but is it not possible for someone of his talent level to make a different swing and use it even though it's not his big thing? Thanks very much. You guys are awesome. I love the show. I would never miss it. Thank you, Mike. That's fair. Uh, we got to be well. We, uh, one thing we got to be a little careful when we use uh, the word "depressed" um, about yeah about people. Yeah, uh, I think that's a bit strong. Yeah, um, yeah. Alec. I, I I think we've Alex just got to Alex got to find Alex got to <sighs> the Jays need. I, either the Jays don't know what's wrong with him or they know what's wrong with him and they don't want to tell him. Okay, if you're, this is what yeah. I think. This is what I think. I still think a lot of it gets back to conditioning with Alec. I, me too. I, I think a lot I of that is arm strength, all those things, uh, throwing programs in the offseason. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pass uh, Vladdy uh, over all, to you. All those things. I, I think when you've had success like Vladdy's had early in his career, it's very very hard to rehaul everything you do with your lower half. Right? He's not, he's not Dalton Varsha. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't because I, I maybe maybe just with fans of Vladdy and me, I, I talk about Vladdy in ways that most don't because I used to try and hit a baseball, and when he hits it, it's a little unfair to the baseball. Like he hits it, it's a really really hard, which is sometimes not human. It's just how consistently he's not doing that right now, and for me, it is a tremendous question. For me, it is not mechanical. I know they are saying it's he's too late, he's too early, his hands are dropping too low, he's having an issue getting them back up. That's why he's late. You see the lean back, you see the rollover, you see the ground balls to third. He's getting beat on, 
you know, certain pitches. For me, it's what he's swinging at. You saw today how when he forces the ball away from him, at least right now, when you're hot and you're hitting everything sort of like Bo is, you can adjust because you're feeling confident. You know you will force, your eyes will force, and your hands will force the barrel to the baseball because you're hot and you don't really care to get out because you're feeling confident in yourself. Right now, it's one thing. He needs to force the ball away from him. You saw how the ball came off the bat today when he hit the ball a little bit to right field to right center. The ball was a little bit away from him and a little bit down. He don't like the ball down, down, but he's a human being. He has kryptonite. He don't like the ball up and in. He don't like the ball down, down. So there's a certain area, right? If he can keep it in that area. And right now, because he's in between physically and mentally, just force the ball away from him a little bit and let the bat path take over. And he will hit baseballs really hard. It is a really good question. I just think he's a little too early to be changing things up, and he has done a lot of things at the big league level so far doing it the way he's been doing it. Tyler in Kingston. Tyler, let's go to Tyler. wondering what your thoughts would be about having uh, Espinal over at third if Chapman does leave the team next year. Thanks. Hmm. I mean, I, uh, he seemed to wear down last year playing. Uh, you, you can't have uh, Barker's not, not every day. Santiago Espinal can be your your twenty six guy. Yeah, uh, give guys breaks. Yeah, uh, but no, he can't be your he can't be your everyday third baseman. Every everyday third baseman in this team's got to be a guy who will be one of your best offensive run contributors. Producer. He's got to be a run producer. They need they need to find a run producer in the middle of the lineup somehow. And if that's a third baseman, it is not going to be Espinal. Well, they don't grow in trees. No, I know they don't. I know they don't, but uh, no. I mean, that's the uh, you know, that's that's a short answer. Uh, I really don't I, think Matt Chapman's coming back. I don't think, man. I like. It, I, I think who his agent is. Yeah, he's Scott Boris it Klein. Is. And and again, there's with nothing. What the numbers say that it's going to start with not a one, a two, and there that's a lot to ask. There aren't a lot of. It's not. I, mean, I don't know what number it's going to start with. There's just there's not a lot of hitters out there free agents this off season. Everybody, you know, they're going to be a bunch of teams that are going to want Otani. They're not all going to get him. So that then you're going to have money chasing resources. Yep. That's what happens. You're going to have money chasing players. And if you're a player and there's money rolling around out there, you want to have Scott. Scott Boris will find a spot for you. You'll make a ton of money. Somebody yeah. is going to someone is going to pay Matt Chapman silly money and- because the New York Mets are already paying. They're paying dudes silly money. And if you think you got a shot at winning the World Series, if you're willing to spend a bazillion dollars to have a guy on your team who's going to hit eighth and not make a mistake at third base, that's your guy. Yeah, and be honest, he was on the team last year. They got beat in the first round. If they if he's on the team this year and they don't make the playoffs, it's an easy sell. He's been here. We didn't go where we wanted to go. It's an easier sell to fan the fan base to say we need to shake things yeah, up. Yeah, the a question bit. is try, though, try the, different things. But the the question is. Given the way this, given where this organization is now in terms of prospects, do you need to get something back in return for Matt Chapman? Bearing in mind that you're guts to do that. Well, bearing in mind that you're not, he's he's an eligible free agent. There's a real good chance that the team that acquires him won't want to sign him, won't have any intention of signing him, can't sign him. Everybody knows he's represented by Scott Boris, so. I, 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 you know, I, I tend to be with Kevin here. Sometimes there are deals you can't make. Like I really do believe the Angels. They, they can't trade Otani. 
I just don't think you can. Mm. Well, what would you? How I, would you know I, I what just, to get for him? What's value? Is good. <laughs> You'd have no idea. What's value? Yeah. What's the number? How many players? Like yeah. you don't know. It's not Juan Soto, because you're trading away a guy who could win a Cy Young award too, possibly. So it, it's, um, yeah. Sometimes there, sometimes there are just situations where I truly do believe. I'm not a believer that well, you get something for every. You just get yeah. something. Just get something. Get something. No, so, sometimes, sometimes you've got to stay true to your fan base and you got to stay true to yourself. So to answer the question, the third baseman, if it's not Chapman, is not on the team. No, he's definitely not. In there the team. you go. And I don't think he's in the organization either. There it is. Richard in Edmonton. Richard, I'm just wondering if, with the change in the even the home run celebration have they lost some of the fun in the dugout uh, with the idea to become more professional or more consistent but they seem to have lost a little bit of the joy from last year any thoughts bye jeff kevin (laughs) i i I think this is just me i think that's an impossible question to answer we're not in the dugout we're not in the clubhouse uh, I, I do know it's not any fun when your best players are not being your best players. Like Vladdy's had an okay year, he's not had a great year. Chapman had a great month, had a bad month. Varsho is, you know, it's a little unfair to even talk about that because of where they're putting him in the in the lineup. Like there's some names that are just not living up to what we expected them to early in the season here. So that would make your team not a lot of fun, right? And then the Alec Manoa thing, the cloud over that right now, sort of is a trickle-down effect yeah, to a little bit it, all over your here's team. Here's the thing. If the Jays did have the home run jacket right now, you could probably take it to the dry cleaners or leave it at the dry cleaners for a while. It's not, like they're, hitting, there a while. It's not like they're hitting a lot of home runs. No. The dugout is different because Lourdes and Teoscar Hernandez aren't there. Yep. Apparently, there are people who thought the Jays needed a culture change because dudes are having too much fun. I think there were people in the front office who thought that. Yeah. They wanted a, quote-unquote, more professional, more mature look. Okay. There are certainly fans who thought that because we do Blue Jays talk, and we'd always get people calling up, oh, it's so unprofessional. The Yankees would never do that. Well, actually, the Yankees have their own thing. They do it in the clubhouse. Uh, and just about every other team in baseball does something now. The greatest player in the game, Shohei Otani, is part of a deal that the Angels have. Mike Trout is too. Yep. Right? Yep. The two best, two really good players. Yep. Uh, your 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 second place Baltimore Orioles drink out of a hose when they hit home runs. The Red Sox had the, lar- the, the laundry cart. I mean, everybody's got something. The hell, the, I mean, the twins have the fishing. Somebody's got, isn't there like some sort of Norse, some some sort of Viking thing that somebody does as well? The with, Reds. The Reds. The Reds have a, Reds. The Reds have a thing. The Reds. The Reds. <laughs> Although the Reds could be in first place in How that division that? by the end of this month. How about that? Not a chance. So, uh, you know, maybe somebody, maybe they should start putting a Mountie hat on or something. That's what I suggest. I don't know. Putting, putting a it's Mountie hat It's not going to happen. Yeah. Th- None of that's going to happen. This clubhouse is different than last year's clubhouse. This is apparently the clubhouse people that matter on the team. That matter on the team wanted to have. There you go. I, you know, frankly, 
I, I don't think John Schneider cared one way or another. Well, when John Schneider took over from Charlie Montoyo, everybody said, boy, that's it. The home run jacket's gone. Nope. Well, I, I think what was gone was the manager's not the manager. actually put it yeah. on a player, yeah. which the is silly. Manager and coaches I mean, not that putting ridiculous. it on. That, that's silly. But, yeah, I mean, the home run jacket. You know, I, I, I'm i going to stop. I, every now and then I'll send something out on Twitter. Like, I, I it's Sunday. And I should, I, I mean, I'm just going to stay off Twitter because it really is just a, it's a cesspool of inane, bumbling morons for the most part. But, um, and I, I'm on it too, so. The last Sunday, I sent on a thing about the Twins fishing vest, and I said, boy, that surely, it sure seems that the Twins uh, clubhouse culture is okay with the fishing vest. Of course, people immediately respond, yeah, but they're not facing the New York Yankees. They're in a different division, blah, blah, and all this stuff. I go, people, it's just, uh, you can't talk, you can't joke about the home run jacket. It's become, the home run jacket was a thing last year. It's a thing this year that represents something different. I'm with Mr. Barker in this. I've covered a lot of teams. The teams that have fun seem to be the good teams. The teams that don't have fun seem to be the teams that have generally stunk. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll make – if this team was in first place right now, they would have come up with something you think to replace so? the home run jacket. Wow. Not, not as, not as, not as, yeah, not as so. tacky or uh, there would no. be, there would be something, but you know what? At this point, it's why you are a team that's in second to last place in the American league East. You should hit your home runs and go back to the dugout and sit down. But anyhow, but yeah, it's it is, a home run. It, it is. You want to get people fired up on social media, mention the home run jacket. Got you fired up. I, think, I, mean, I, I, just, I don't know what to make of it because it just kind of – stuff like that never – it just doesn't bother me yeah, one way that, or another. I'm in but that. The I fact, don't, you know I don't what, care what you do. It doesn't bother me one way or another, but the fact that it appears okay. to bother some people bothers me. Does that make sense? I'm bothered by the fact people are bothered or thinking about it. Yeah. Because that create that forces me to be bothered or think about it. I mean, there, there's a bunch of other stuff teams do. The, the, drinking out of the hose thing is just dumb. It's work. First of all, it's not healthy. But it's just dumb. <laughs> like, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's dumb. I thought the laundry cart with the Red Sox was dumb. Is that why they're in second dumb. place? It's because they drink out of a hose? I don't know. I think they're in second place because they've got... Athletes running all athletes. over the field. And I'll tell you, the, the only, the only hose the that field. matters in that team is when Felix Batista comes out with that, that arm of his... And is throwing 130 or whatever it is. That's that's the hose that matters with the Baltimore Orioles. Anyhow, young guys, you do that attitude. intentionally. He did the home run jacket. Oh, and there's no. Oh, question. you did. Uh-huh. You did. He got back at you. You got for back all those at me. You, you got back him. at me. That's good. Like Drop the home ago. run jacket thing on me. That's yeah. nice. At least we didn't have any Nate Pearson things to deal with today. <laughs> Only a matter of time. Only Jeff. a matter of time. He's going I on cannot... the road. He's going on the road. Only a matter of time. I can't wait. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Oh, of course. Within the next seven if days. They were in second place. Within the next Nate seven Pearson days, Nate Pearson's going to have a save in the next seven days. I'm going to come on with a Nate Pearson jersey. Well, if you want to. Anyhow, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The Fan 360 Sportsnet now. And uh, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk tomorrow night. 
after that uh, first game. Verlander and Bassett, that's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. That's it for us. Have yourselves a great day.